0: Hello, it's Howard Brown, Mr. Shining Brightly. This is episode 42, and you get me solo. I have a really important thing to talk about today, and um, it's deeply personal. So I just wanted to share uh, what's happening. Uh, And this is exciting news, but also uh, a lot of thought, a lot of deep introspection. So I'm not sure if this has ever been done before, but the show is called One Big Step Forward and it's all about survivorship, and uh, we all get knocked down in life and in business and in family and in health, and, and as many of you know, I got knocked down twice from stage 4 cancer diagnosis. So without bearing the lead, we're going to have a conversation with my chemotherapy Mediport. So some of you may not, with, not know what that is. So I'm going to show you. But it's, uh, I don't know if this has ever been done before. I'm going to have a conversation with my port because it lived inside of me for seven years. And um, it saw a lot, it felt a lot, and uh, I want to see if it has anything to say. So let me give you a backgrounder here. So um, unfortunately, uh, twice in my life, I've got those words called, you have cancer, which we all talk about, we have cancer, because it wasn't just me, it was my uh, caregiving parents' my wife, my daughter, uh, my extended family, my huge global network of friends. Uh, when you get that news, uh, and I got that news in 1989 for stage four T cell, not Hodgkin's lymphoma, and nothing was working, but thank God to have a twin sister. That was an exact match. And she saved my life through a bone marrow transplant on May 24th of 1990. And I had to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. I moved out to California and I, uh, My career got back on track. I had to build up my mental toughness, my physical fitness, my finances, all at age 25. uh, But I got married. Uh, I did a lot of community service, including becoming a big brother to Ian Ellis. And then miracle number two up in Silicon Valley, where my career was just skyrocketing, but at a pace that is hard to keep up, where I always say two plus two equals 200. Um, And it doesn't. So uh, we had our second miracle frozen sperm, 11 years later, our miracle girl, Emily was born a healthy baby girl in August of 2001. And, um, thank God for Dr. Eric Rubin and, uh, talking to me about fertility, even though we didn't know if I was going to live or die. And, uh, that sperm we defrosted after 11 years and it gave us a beautiful daughter and, uh, just such a blessing. It's, it's a, it's truly, truly amazing. So. Um, mm-hmm. That twin sister, CJ brown uh calls me and says, i are moving to Michigan. And my wife Lisa's from Michigan. And we got the band back together. This is in 2005. And uh, we raised our families here. And um, uh, CJ and Dave had three kids. Uh, they're uh, six and twins, girl boy twins, at uh, four years old. And Emily was a little, a little older that, like four and a half. And then um, Lisa's sister, Beth, And uh, Larry Kirshner, they uh, had two boys, four and six, Zach and Benny, and my in-laws were here, and uh, we started to rebuild our lives here in Michigan, and things were going great. And unfortunately, uh, in 2016, I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer after a colonoscopy. So uh, the screening age is now 45, and it's very important that you get screened because Colorectal cancer can be prevented, but all cancers. So, mammography, prostate, go get your cardio check, go to the dentist. We didn't do that during COVID. And so, go make your appointment, go get screened, and uh, tell your friends to go get screened. And um, you don't want to go through chemotherapy and surgeries and clinical trials and side effects and the emotional, financial, uh, family distress that it causes. It just stops you in your tracks. And uh, go get go get screened. That's the best advice I can give you. And uh, I am actually a uh, Cancer Screen Week ambassador, December 4th through the 8th. So uh, if you have any symptoms whatsoever, push your doctors to go get screened. Typically, with colon rectal cancer, it's blood in the s- stool. It can be constipation. It can be diarrhea. Uh, it can be cramping. And it can be confusing because there's lots of... Uh, Digestive things that can be going on, uh, irritable, bowel, irritable bowel syndrome, and things like that. So, promise me you will go make your appointment and go get screened. So, uh, I'm in chemotherapies again, lightning struck again, and um, it's not working. I'm failing chemos. Uh, I get peripheral neuropathy from the toxicity. Um, uh, surgeries aren't working. Clinical trials aren't working. And then I become metastatic stage four. That means that the cancer spread from outside my colon to my liver, my stomach lining is called the peritoneum and omentum, and then also to uh, my bowel. And then, boy, you don't want to doctor Google that, 4% chance of living, you know, six months. So you're walking in darkness. And what I ended up doing is on my bad days, I crawled into a ball. But on my good days, I tried to push forward. And my friend, and uh, now publisher and editor, and still, my, like my big brother, David Crum, approached me to leave a legacy book. And at first I said no, as I'm not a great writer, but I'm a good speaker. And uh, we recorded, over a three-year period of time, 158 interviews of the most important people in my life, the most influential people in my life. How cool is that? got to walk back my entire life. From my grandmother coming from Lithuania with nothing, who taught us all about choosing kindness, choosing giving and choosing healing. And that's what defines a good life. My grandfather that fought in World War two and just talked about the love of family and, and hard work. And my dad, the original boot salesman, you know, who just worked three jobs to support twin kids. So the book has so many lessons uh, about how to lead a resilient life with hope. This is not a cancer book. There are three cancer chapters. This is a book that gives you the opportunity to make the appropriate changes in your life to improve. And you do that by sharing your light. Even when you're down in the darkness, you still have the ability to lift someone else up. And if we do that, you become a force multiplier for good and positive change so if you haven't gotten my book yet or given it as a gift email me if you uh if you email me and or come to com. i'll send you a digital copy but you have to promise me to write a review or if you want to support me on amazon that's great too amazon's our our partner they get a cut uh, for the hard copy and the uh, paperback and the kindle And uh, I'd love that, but I also have books on hand and I can actually mail you a signed copy with a book plate and uh, I'll mail that to you. So just hit me up on uh, shiningbrightly.com. Alrighty, well, I'm gonna share my screen right now for those that are watching the video version that I'll actually put on YouTube. And I want to be able to share with you. Okay, I'm sharing the screen now, let me see where that is. Shrink that. There we go. There it is. I'm going to introduce you to. Alrighty. Nope, not working here, but bear with me. I'm going to get it. Alright. Okay. There and again, bear with me. Not coming up. There we go. All righty. There it is. All right. So, for those of you that are just listening, I am holding up a screen and the screen actually has the word hope because hope is the fuel that gets you through. Now, gratitude and kindness um, and determination and resilience, you need all that too. Okay. But hope is the fuel. Hope is that fuel to see a brighter day. Now, what you're seeing on the screen, and which I'll describe to you for those who are listening, is an animation of a chemo port. It looks like a little Martian, or actually uh, a little spaceship. And this is where the needle goes in order to insert uh, the chemotherapy fluids. Um, Sometimes it's actually uh, protein, uh, TPN, if you actually need to be fed through it. And it's just so much more convenient Uh, to a patient because you don't have to use their veins. And we get stuck a lot. Um, Actually, this is where they put the contrast in when you do your scans uh, for your CAT scans and your PET scans and your MRIs. So very important little buddy. So I've got him right here. This is the port, and you probably can't see it on the screen, but uh, I'm holding it, and it's got a little tail on it. And that little tail goes to your vena cava. That goes right into... Um, the bloodline into your heart and God, that's the chemotherapy gets in your bloodstream. It's supposed to do its thing uh, and knock out the uh, malignancy solid tumor or the blood cancer. And uh, unfortunately it's poison, but it's supposed to, this is the poison that's supposed to help you shrink or get rid of or regress uh, tumors or the blood cancer, which is actually, you know, the white blood cells, the red blood cells in your platelets. From the bone marrow, and so uh, what you're seeing on screen, and I'll put this, uh, you know, picture up on social media when uh, the show is launched. And actually, as a, the middle picture is actually the chemo port underneath my left clavicle, and that was installed in July of uh, 2016 after I was diagnosed after my uh, hemicolectomy, which is a, a chemo uh, a, a surgery where they resect about 13 and a half inches of my colon plus margins plus lymph nodes. And uh, the port was put in prior to me starting chemotherapy, uh, the first week of August in 2016. Now, rolling the clock forward, the chemo port is out, came out on Monday, uh, the 21st, and uh, it was a simple day surgery, um, almost like a colonoscopy, uh, where they, they got 15, 20 minutes of really good sleep. And voila, it was out and I'm healing and um, I feel good. And um, I asked to keep the port, probably a strange request. And um, I want this because um, this means a lot to me because many people with a port, the reason that you would get it out is that it is either twisted, it is clotted or it's not working and either needs to be replaced or pulled out. So the symbolism of this port coming out after seven years and one month inside of me is huge. This means that I am stepping a giant step into survivorship, moving actually cancer never completely out of sight or mind, but in the rear view mirror and moving towards health. So on September 20th, I will be four years, no evidence of disease. It's an amazing accomplishment. And I hope cancer will never return. Um, It hopefully will not. But the chemo port is now out. So I got to go back when they do my surveillance in December and my scans back to using veins. But that's okay. Now, the other thing is, is that in the stage four cancer world and in the colorectal cancer world that, that I care about and volunteer and I care about all cancers, most of the time... Uh, in this stage for the stage a world, we live with a lot of death. And in the blood cancer and the solid tumors, it's not that people want to give up. It's that God is calling them. It's their time. And the disease burden has just gotten too great. So I look in the mirror every single day and I say how blessed, lucky, and grateful. And I say a prayer for those that are in treatment and for those that have lost their battle and are in heaven. And that's intentional. That's how I start my day every single day. Because I, twice in my life, should have been, could have been dead, but I'm still here. And I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a purpose to lift up myself and lift up others. Make this world a better place. So, this little, little guy here, didn't give it a name, but uh, this port saw a lot, felt a lot. So, what did you see? Well, I'm going to tell you that the port was the recipient of all that chemotherapy. And it was there to help me. Now, cancer is a very complex jigsaw puzzle. Unfortunately, I failed the first line of chemo for colorectal cancer called Folfox. My I took home a pump and um, after scanning after 12 very toxic cycles of cisplatin and other drugs my tumor actually popped out of my colon so I had another colon resection 10.1 inches of colon plus margin plus lymph nodes and I did a clinical trial and it didn't work and then it spread and I went metastatic but I found, different from 34 years ago or 33 years ago with uh, lymphoma, in the analog days of no cell phones, no internet, very little computer use, I had online support. So I reached out. My wife reached out as a care partner. Lisa needed support too. Caregiving, there's 3.5 million unpaid caregivers. Whether you're taking care of your elderly parents or a friend. Or a spouse. Or a child. Unbelievably, that's angels' work. God's work. You give up everything to help those in need. And I called out to for those in need. Well, I actually found my Hail Mary miracle in town I learned about a process and a, and a surgery called cytoreduction hyperinterpreterial chemotherapy. They cut me on my chest down to my pelvic bone this was in March of 18 and they took out all the cancer they could see can't see everything can't see the microscopic cancer cells and they pour hot chemotherapy inside of you close you up they spin you around like a rotisserie chicken 13 and a half hours for me 10 days in the hospital felt like a ghost had to rebuild and pick myself up those first 7 weeks were brutal and it gets better it wasn't for like a year and a half that they could actually tell me that I was no evidence of disease there's so much cutting and so much scar tissue hot spots but so far so far that's what's gotten me to no evidence of disease at this time and I am grateful but it wasn't easy in fact it was brutal and there was a lot of darkness but I used my light to pick myself up get out of bed And put things back together again. And part of that healing was actually publishing the book. And now talking about it on stages, on podcasts, at events. To tell my story that even in the worst of times you can get back up again. You can do it. It can be done. I'm not Superman. I'm just a man. And now I'm telling my story to help others. Now, this little chemo port, it saw the chemotherapy. But you know what it also saw? It saw the goodness in this world. It saw the goodness of infusion nurses trying to make you comfortable while they're pumping these drugs that are supposed to be helping you that have all sorts of side effects. And sometimes they don't work. Many times they don't work. The doctors, the physician's assistant. The probiotomy nurses that take your blood and your vitals, the staff at the front desk, the nurses and the doctors who just coming out of COVID burnout for them is real. I'm so worried about our healthcare system. These trained professionals working night and day, taking risks, even for themselves and their own family. And now they want to leave the profession, but I'm grateful for them because they showed me care and love. And for all of those that said prayers, sent memes and jokes, sent books, checked in, it's beautiful. The soccer team that Emma was playing on, bringing by meals and food The school, donating supplies, GoFundMe set up for my uh, high school and college friends to actually help us relieve some of the financial burden, and it was massive. This chemo port saw a lot. It felt a lot. And then, I did something that no doctor would typically recommend. I had to go to my happy place, the basketball court. Well, that basketball court is my stress-free zone. But playing basketball that's a physical sport with a chemo port in, it's dangerous, probably stupid. But I did it. I did it coming off of chemotherapy, coming off of surgeries. But what I did was I would protect myself and put my right hand over my port if I actually had contact coming. Because if that chemo port would have been dislodged or ripped out, I probably would have bled out. But it didn't. But the doctors <laughs> doctors have been just shaking his head. <laughs> what are you thinking? What are you doing? But I did it. And that was part of my healing as well. And so people think that, you know, they see me posting on online and that everything's okay. HB's back. HB's strong. Well, I have to tell you, and I speak for cancer patients everywhere that invisible disabilities exist. So people don't see the chemo brain, which is actually a form of PTSD the emotional toll that a cancer diagnosis and treatment take on a person. It's a lot to bear. We're on the front lines. You try to be a Marine on a mission. You can't be a Marine on the mission all the time. But that's what you have to be. You're trying to forge forward and just get out of bed some days. Neuropathy, the toxicity of the chemotherapy, the burning, the numbness in your fingers and hands, Now, luckily, Colentown came up with a protocol for icing with ice caps and mittens and booties. That actually helps that tremendously. Unfortunately, that was not around when I started in 2016. Going to the bathroom a lot, being constipated, being bloated, having blockages. There's a lot of emotional and physical invisible disability that people go with every day. And it's not seen. You look great. Everyone's got their stuff, but I need to point out that you never know. That's why reading with kindness, sharing a cup of coffee, wishing someone well, being a shoulder to cry on, telling them a joke, letting them cut in line, not having road rage. We're all human. Everyone everyone falls off the, 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 the wagon at times. But you can choose kindness. You can choose giving. You can choose lifting people up. So, be intentional. Be authentic. I'm being vulnerable right here and right now. And I'll close with this. The last chapter in my book is called Sharing Hope. Sharing hope, as I said, is that fuel. So, for my cancer whisperers who actually have mentored me, For my business mentors and for my friends and my family that have done so much for me and lisa and emily i thank you i thank you from the bottom of my heart because you're seeing and gave me the ability to live one more day one more week one more month make memories rebuild humpty dumpty have faith and mental toughness in myself Build up my health and fitness. Maintain and accelerate the amazing relationships. Repair the broken ones. And try to rebuild my career and my finances. Being on disability for seven years has been tough. It's time to move on from that. That's another big step I'm working on taking. So hope. Hope is that. I had friends run triathlons and marathons for me. I had Dr. Al-Hadidi bring me back a shofar from Marrakesh, just to provide me. And I look at it every day, and I'm grateful for that. The shofar is a ram's horn. It's that calling, a calling every single day to shine brightly. And if we do that for ourselves, for others, and for our communities, I guarantee you, the world would be a better place. Come and interact with me online on the social channels of LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Come to my website, shiningbrightly.com. I love you. I appreciate the support. Go on with strength. And thank you. Thank you! I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shining Brightly with me, Howard Brown. Come interact with me at shiningbrightly.com and remember, keep on shining.